Pokémon. You dirty slut, you're like, oh like, yeah. Say it again, daddy. I <laughs> see, I'm not like that. Someone's like, you dirty slut. I'm like, you asshole. I'm like, you fucker. <laughs> My and name's Chana. <laughs> 62% so close. A primal hunter. What does that mean? It, it means you like like you like to chase them down or like I don't I don't I don't know. That I don't sounds get it. rapey. I don't agree with that one. That sounds but rapey. But I semi agree with that one because oh. like Okay, whatever, let's go. Yeah, let's start. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, welcome to Anyways, How's Your Sex welcome. Life? We are your slutty hosts. I'm Channa. And I'm Corey. Welcome, bitches. It's episode 32. What up? It is. It's very exciting. Ooh, it is 32. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're getting... Ooh, next episode is 33. I That's love 33. a fucking That's good number. That's going to be a good one. We have to make it a good episode. Ooh. Not that we don't make every episode a good yeah. episode, but sometimes we really we have don't to. try it, but then sometimes we try. Sometimes I try extra hard. So yeah. next week... I will be recovering from surgery, <laughs> so I will be oh shit. Fuck that's that. true. I'd be like, woo. Oh Ooh. yes, that leads us to the announcement. Everyone, I shattered my hand. This is true. This is true. We went this to bike prom last Saturday. It was super fun, and then we were about two and a half minutes away from ending the bike ride to go party at the prom place. Uh huh. And I biffed it going approximately. Less than five miles per hour. No. I somehow fell over on my bike and I obliterated my pinky knuckle. My hand surgeon said it was is it was as if a shotgun was shot through that knuckle, or Jesus. if he just like took a piece of wood and like threw it on the floor and like threw it on the ground and like split wood everywhere. Ew. So, anyways, I need hand surgery on Tuesday, so I'll be on a bunch of opioids, fucked up for the next week. But yeah, that's me. So I have hand surgery and Damn. I don't have health insurance. So Woot. I'm going into like $10,000 of the debt on Tuesday, y'all. Yeah. I'm living the millennial dream. So our next announcement is we have a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> so leading to that, uh, <laughs> if donate you didn't catch to my last week. <laughs> if you didn't catch it last week, give us money because I am poor as shit now. <laughs> Uh, if you just want to hear my crippling depression go- get out of control over the next few months, yes. then don't donate to Patreon. But if you want to help a girl out, <laughs> please give me some money. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just love you guys. But in all seriousness, I'm broke as fuck. But yeah, that's like the big announcement. Oh, second announcement. Yeah. If you are friends with any instagram business accounts or know any friends that are like smaller instagram accounts that are really trying to get their name out there um you've probably already noticed that everyone is getting blocked so our instagram our actions have been blocked for the past week i can't follow people i can post still but whenever i post that like restarts the time of me being blocked of being under review so i can't follow people i haven't been able to check any messages like or comment and I haven't been able to do anything on Instagram. I had both of us log out. We have been completely logged out of Instagram for like four or five days now. Because the reason this happened is they like tweaked their algorithm because they're trying to get rid of like spam accounts. The problem is they tweaked it too hard. So real accounts are now being affected. 
So because of that, I have not been on Instagram at all. So I don't have any shout outs to give this week because I have been completely in the dark. So sorry if you've tried to reach out to us on Instagram. We're still available through Facebook and Twitter. And you can see the Instagram, right? Yeah, you can still see our Instagram. You can still comment. You can still follow, like. You can do everything on our Instagram. I just can't do anything back yet. I'm going to try again on Monday because um, that gives it a full week since the last time I was even logged into Instagram. Okay. And hopefully then I'll be unblocked, but I'll keep you guys posted. But regardless, like we still have Twitter, um, which I will start being more active on. I just shattered my hand. So I've. it's kind of actually convenient timing that Instagram broke mm-hmm. when I broke <laughs> because I didn't have to do anything this week on Instagram, which was nice. But we're also still available through Facebook. And Pornhub. And Pornhub. Yes. You but just yeah. go to Any Harry Daddy Cox. Just search Cream that. Pie. We're the first like four that come up. Yeah. Only search that though if you're 18 or above. Yes. If you're not, go the fuck home. Go the fuck home, yo. But yeah. <laughs> go watch so, SpongeBob. Go. Wa- oh, everyone should watch SpongeBob regardless of the age. Yeah. Um. But- so, uh, just jump to our faggots? Yeah, let's just jump right into oh. our... Oh, before we get the faggots, though, again, we can go to... You can go to Instagram. So, if you go to Instagram, and if you want to have access to our Patreon, we do have the link in Through our Instagram, in- Instagram bio. That's yeah. what it is? on our Instagram bio. On our Instagram bio. So, you just go to Instagram, click on our Instagram bio link, which sends you to Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going, we're going to be updating, like, all the tiers for Patreon, like, new material for all the tiers in the next, like, two or three weeks. Yep. Uh-huh. We're just recording a bunch of episodes. I just, it's been hard, everyone. My hand's shattered. Yeah. It's been a tough year. If you've been listening to us, you're like, damn, ch- you're every, like, like five shit. episodes, I so have some announcement. Yeah, I'm like, my life's over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hello, everybody. My cat's dead. Hello, everybody. My hand's obliterated. Oh. But, oh, other things, s'mores and s'mone are becoming slowly less they're being okay they're like frenemies right now yeah they're frenemies right now instead of like i want to fucking kill you yeah like simone no longer wants to be violent with towards s'mores she just hates s'mores existence Mm -hmm. frenemies progress progress Progress. um so yeah let's jump into our faggot fact yeah bitch okay so um you've listened to the past few faggot facts you've donated to patreon and listened to the um, other pre-Pride fa- or Stonewall faggot facts. So now let's get into the Stonewall riots. Oh, shit. This is yeah. a big one. This is fun. Okay, so let's just jump into the early history of the Stonewall Inn itself, like the yes. actual building and stuff like that. Uh, for the Stonewall Inn, we start a- in 1930 when the Stonewall Inn opened at 91st and 7th Avenue South. We looked it up. This is take <laughs> two. <laughs> 7th Avenue South it's is real an address. actual real thing, okay? So yeah. just look it up. Go to fucking New York and just, like, look sure, around. Sure, Jan. <laughs> So it was originally a uh, tea room, quote unquote tea room, that served like, you know, like uh, some food and crumpets and uh, non-alcoholic beverages. However, people, that was just a fucking like front and it was actually a speakeasy. So it was like uh, promoted as a tea room, um, but it was literally just a fucking tea. So if you ask for like the special tea, you're like, oh, oh, lol, that's funny. The special Tea. Space tea. Well, also, if you ask for the specialty. No, like I think like it just operated as a tea room during the day. So like, but at night at it night. was just like a bar or speakeasy. Yeah. Uh, what was my my? This is during prohibition. Johnny Tre- Johnny Johnny Trevino. Johnny Trevino. <laughs> something like. That. <laughs> whenever i do something i think of that <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah. i don't know why like anything from the prohibition era i'm like oh johnny johnny <laughs> what the fuck was his last name i think it was trevino right johnny trevino. and then i always think johnny tsunami yeah 
<laughs> Johnny Tsunami! <laughs> okay, so, uh, however, like, most speakeasies, it was uh, raided by Prohibition agents in December of 1930. Um, so it only lasts for, like, I don't know, that year or whatever. Um, I think it closed down at that point. Then, like, eventually it was relocated to where the Stonewall Inn is now. Okay. So in 1934, a year after the end of Prohibition, um, Vincent Bonav- uh, Bonavia or Bonovia, or I don't really know, um, the owner relocated to 51st through 53rd Christopher Street, which is in Greenwich Village. That sounds like a real address Yeah, to me. so it's like 52nd, 50, uh, 51st, 52nd, and 53rd Christopher Street. Um, where the large, iconic vertical sign was installed with the name Bonnie Stonewall Inn. Bonnie coming from his his last Vincent's last name Bonovia, or Bonavia. I'm sorry. And it's like that big. It just says Stonewall Inn. Basically, like you've seen it. Y'all yeah, all yeah. seen it. Go look it up. Just type it in. So originally, the buildings were built as uh, separate stables, but then in 1930, it was combined to house a bakery. Uh-huh. Um, Bonnie Stonewall Inn operated as a bar and restaurant for heteros. Then until 1964, uh, when the interior was destroyed by a fire. Mm, the gays did it. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, right. They're like, we want to fucking like start our fucking riots. Okay. They're like, you know what? We're starting a little bit early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, two years later, 1966. Three members of the mafia, which I didn't know this, invested in the Stonewall Inn, turning it into a gay bar. Oh. Um, And it, at the time, was the largest establishment for queers in the the nation. That's cool. Yeah, like a known establishment for queers. Thanks, mafia. It was also the only gay bar in New York City where dancing was allowed. And this drew, like, a big crowd, and it was as, like, a good amount of people, like, quoted it as the gay bar in New York City. So it's the only gay bar that allowed dancing or the only bar that allowed dancing? The only the only gay bar that allowed dancing. So all the other gay bars were, like, footloose? They were like, mm, you can't dance here. Yeah, I, yeah I, I was trying to, like, figure that out, but I think it was, like, the only place where, like... It, it would happen club. often because they felt safe enough to do it there Oh, okay. because the mafia ran it and like the police were involved and I'll get into that in like two seconds, okay. but like they would come at specific times and do raids at specific times. Oh. And because the place was the owners were mafia men, they'd be like, Hey, you know, tomorrow at 9 PM, you can come like the police are going to raid. So like they would tell the, the workers, they'd be like, Hey, tomorrow 9 PM, the police are going to raid. So when you get a knock at the door, just turn on the lights and then everybody will stop dancing and they'll come in and they'll take their money and then they'll leave Mm. basically i explained this or tapped into this a little bit last time but we're going to explain why the stonewall riots like super worked and before we actually get into uh the raid and stuff like that so um basically as i've said before there's early homophile groups i've said this like four billion times so if you're new go back and listen to like you know any four other episodes and i'm sure you'll hear one of them um, especially like the last two episodes, uh, listen to my fact facts. So um, we know that these homophile groups were present but not prevalent throughout the U.S. and that they were more f- more focused on like exposure and declaration of existence of of the queer community of LGBT uh, people. And um, also, there's like a note that these people, these homophile groups, were more docile, as in they were just focused on picketing, sick sit-ins, and meetings and stuff like that. Yeah. More just like, hey, we're here, we're queer this is us, we exist, we're real people, please give us rights. Um, However, during the end of the 1960s, as we all know, um, it was a very active social and political um, time. There were a lot of uh, sociopolitical movements, um, including the counterculture of the 60s, the anti-Vietnam War movement, and also the civil rights movement. 
Hmm. the biggest one. So uh, many histor- historians and academics claim that the sociopolitical climate of the times mixed with the liberal environment of Greenwich Village provided the perfect conditions for the gay liberation movement to finally begin. And that that sort of terminology, the gay liberation movement, is basically the equivalent, not or like is the gay equivalent of civil rights movement. So like that's mm-hmm. what we would call our whole like, you know, from uh, Stonewall into like through ACT UP in the 1980s mm-hmm. in like the whole like AIDS through the AIDS scare and then the whole just like, hey, we're queer, you know, like government pay attention to us. We have this AIDS academic, stuff like that yeah. um, through the early 90s. That is all uh, considered the gay liberation movement. And I will actually get into that. That'll probably be the last bag effect of Pride. Mom. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to tease you more before we actually get into the raid. Tease me. <laughs> I also have to tell you about pass raids and how pass raids worked in uh, specifically the Stonewall Inn. And also this gives you just an idea of how raids worked, at least in New York City at the time and probably throughout most of the country. So um, in order to get into the bar first, you had to knock on the door at which the bouncer would then open a peephole just like totally from the movies and then look at you. And if he knew you or assumed that you were queer or gay enough or whatever, he would let you in. Okay. Yeah. So one, it would just, if he knew you, he'd be like, sure, come on in. But if you looked gay or queer, um, you could totally come in. The cover was three dollars, um, and this is three dollars in nineteen sixty nine. That's um, a lot. Nineteen sixties. That's a lot, but it also got you a ticket for two free drinks at the bar. Nice. So nice. Fuck yeah. Um, so the patrons of the bar were about ninety eight percent men, but a few lesbians could also be at the bar pretty much on any night. I was literally just about to ask that. Yeah, like, I know. Oh. Yeah, I felt that. I yeah, was like, for me. Oh, so yeah, just dudes. Um, no. So yeah, ninety eight percent men, and they're gay men. Um, and then a few lesbians were there pretty much every night, um, but again, 98% men. Um, there were also um, fewer transvestites than we would think or fewer uh, men in drag. And I'm using time. Again, I'm using transvestites and men in drag uh, because of the times, but they're basically, most of them are probably transgender, but there's also just probably drag queens there too. Um, I actually looked that up, and I will do an entire fag effect on this. Transgender wasn't coined academically until 1965. Oh. Yeah. So it was coined by some dude. I'll get into it later. So yeah, that, that basically that's when transgender was coined. So like when the Cooper Donuts uh thing happened, oh, riots yes. happened in 1959, they didn't have that. I'm sure it was probably used like in some uh, circles and then it was like, y- you know, identified by academics or something like that. Or maybe yeah. the academics just made it up. Who knows? I yeah. will actually know when I go research that. We'll know in the future, everybody. So yeah, wait, bitch. Yeah, bitch. As I said, uh, there were few a few transgender men and men in drag because it just, you know, the bouncers would just decide. And I think sort of in the wording that I read a couple times, it was just more like the bouncers would just let more gay men in because they were gay men themselves. Mm. And would just, there's just not as many were, were there. But they were there and also in the crowd that shows up when the riot super starts. Um, or just when the raid super starts. Also, on top of that, the racial mix was evenly distributed between black, white, and Hispanic. Oh, Yeah, and cool. I read that multiple places as well. So naturally, as we, you just know from queer history and some of my pack effects before, raids were common for the times. And I read in a couple places that it was once per week and wow. in two other places that once per month. So I'm d- not sure exactly what, what which is true. I feel like once per month sounds I more say, yeah, realistic. Yeah, once per month sounds more realistic. Once but per once week. per week or month, most <laughs> probably most likely month, police officers would collect envelopes of cash as a payoff as the Stonewall Inn had no liquor license. 
And as as I said stated earlier, bar management just knew that the raids were going to happen because yeah. the mafia, mafia would just like you know had connections. Uh, they were the owners, and they also had connections within the police. Um, mm. and they basically would tip them off. And they also were uh, staged to be or set to be early in the night so that it wouldn't like disrupt patrons coming and disrupt like people having a good time. Uh, so they'd be like, yeah, you so can scary. come to the raid, but like do it at like, you know, 8.30 or 9. Yeah, do it at like 6 before we open yeah, up the fucking Yeah, doors. before like you could like disrupt people coming and having fun or something like that. Um, when the typical raid happened, lights were turned on. Um, the bar was set to be super dark, and the only lights that were in this place were black lights that were in sort of a strobe mm. setting. So just picture just like vampires in the dark with just like gay ass vampires with just yes, like daddy. black lights flashing. Bakes is screaming. Bakes is screaming right now. <laughs> they were so the lights were turned on and they were they were flashed as white and then turned all the way on. Um and then bar patrons were lined up and they were have to show their identification. Um as I've said for the Cooper Donuts, if their sex didn't match oh, yeah. if the sex on their identification card did not match what they were dressed as, they were then arrested. So like how strict was that guideline so for example let's say you're wearing a fishnet top yeah but like so you still uh, yeah have, like, your beard um, it, like you still are dressed like pretty masculine but like you have like a feminine piece so of it gets so specific as in this account it says that the lesbians or so not lesbians so just like in general women had to have at least three feminine articles of clothing Holy on shit. or they were arrested. And then I have heard, I was just listening to a podcast that's dis- that's on disgusting. Audible recently that's hosted by Tan and then some uh, lesbian comic. And one of the stars of Transparent, who is actually transgender in real life, and she plays herself just like, not herself, but she plays a transgender woman Okay. in um, Transparent. She was doing a stand-up story, and I listened to her story, and she talked about how in L.A. at the time, because she's that uh, she's of that age, like in the '60s, she had to she was arrested once for not having enough men clothing on, and she, the guy said you have That's to have crazy. at least two pair two articles of men's clothing. That's crazy. And so what what they would do to get away with that is she would wear boxer shorts because it's a pair of shorts. Oh, Even though it's well, shorts, it's a pair. That's funny. And so you could wear, bo- she would wear boxer shorts uh, as she was just, you know, walking around dressed as, you know, who she is as a woman. But that's because her so identification sad. said male, because it was the 1960s, she had to wear at least two articles of clothing in LA. That's so or sad. Or in California, at least. I don't know if it was LA. That is so sad. Yeah. So th- that that's two like separate, number. you know, on each. Uh, <gasps> no. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, our our tent uh, collapsed. We'll see you in a second. And somehow my computer shut down at the exact same time. What the fuck? Is this noob or what? We're back. We're back. Okay, I so was just so shooketh at the article, like the specific, the, the specific number of articles, and that's of totally like up to like the discretion of the police officer. If he's like, exactly. your jean jacket's too masculine, Shanna, uh-huh. like you're that's a man's oh, well, jacket. Yeah, and, and and it was weird because it wasn't like, uh, yeah, and I don't know how it works the other way because they would say like, Shanna, you could probably have a masculine jean jacket, but you need to have like a bra and panties and. A skirt. A skirt on. But, like, heaven forbid I'm wearing a fucking pair of pants. Yeah, but then the police might think, oh, I don't like your, like, jean jacket. It's too masculine. Or your skirt's so not short enough. So I'm just going to ignore yeah. everything. Yeah, your skirt's not short That's enough. Disgusting. It's basically Yeah, something like that. They can do whatever the fuck or they want. Or for you, like, oh, like how you showed up today wearing a tank top. Like, yeah. they could consider that 
feminine. Yeah, even that's though it was too like a masculine. So fuck you. Tank top. Yeah. yeah, and then your shorts are too short, so that's feminine. That's disgusting. and then like I'm oh like, you wore pink okay, socks. I have boxers on, but they're, they're pink. They're so. pink. So that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm shook right now. Yeah, so they can literally do whatever the fuck they want. And that, like, we'll get brings, into one of those things. That gonna brings me back mad. to like Mormonism too. Just, oh like, yeah. That triggers me so hard. Oh, the whole clothing that. checks. Yeah. So I guess to formally answer your question, <laughs> yes, they were actually pretty specific about it. And we have that exam- this example from my research and then another example from a real life account on the opposite side of the nation. Yes, bitch. So at 1.20 a.m. on Saturday, June 28th of 1969, four plain clothes policemen in dark suits, two patrol officers in uniform, and Detective Charles Smith or Smythe, and Deputy, or Smithy, actually, you could probably say, too. And Deputy Inspector Seymour Pine arrived at the Stonewall Inn's double doors and announced, Police, we're taking the place. So these people were called, are part of what is called the Public Morals Squad. Wow, you fuckheads. <laughs> this is the stupidest Freeze, moral shit. squad. Freeze, Freeze moral, moral squad. <laughs> it just sounds like some stupid shit that, like, Christian people make up in their middle school. Literally, like, freeze, moral oh police. God. Gelato yeah, okay. wasn't vegan? Yeah. Gelato. <laughs> <laughs> Milk and eggs, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, they announced that. The Stonewall employees all, like, accounts from them, they do not recall ever being tipped off. Uh, I think two of the employees that were working that night remember that, or remember hearing or overhearing something that a raid possibly could happen, mm. um, but that, like, the mafia bosses or whatever never told them, and so they just blew it off as a r- rumor and didn't take it seriously. Also, there were two undercover police women and two undercover police men that had entered the bar earlier that night just to scope things out and get visual evidences of, like, yes, those people were kissing. Yes, that person was sucking some person As they're, off. like, making out with someone. Yeah, they're as like, they're, like, oh. touching each other's tits a little bit. They're, they're like, we have to play into this role. That would be so gay. me. I'd be like, oh, like, um, I'll be one of the dudes because yeah, I just fucking hate gays. Yeah, I hate gays. <laughs> Let me be there. I'll totally suck yeah, someone's dick I'll to suck prove someone's that I'm not dick gay. just to see how it feels and just see how sinful they are. Just to, like, arrest. <laughs> them you know uh-huh. i'm like so sir if i come do i get disqualified <laughs> <laughs> how hard is it okay will, for me will to i get, get arrested <laughs> do i have to arrest myself <laughs> Ooh, i'm like sir can i bring the handcuffs just you know to remain a police <laughs> <laughs> you're like how many uniforms can i bring <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how many uniforms can i bring so once they announced this, the bouncer immediately let them in and they uh, immediately used the uh, bar's pay phone to call for backup. And the music was turned off as usual because this was just, a, you know, sort of a normal raid. I um, mean, the lights were turned on. However, I did mention this is 1.20 a.m., which is prime time for a club. Yeah. So this is n- already not a normal raid. Yeah. And already the patrons didn't know about are the... They're uh, already drunk. They're already drunk. Everyone's drunk. It's not 9, 9 p.m. or like 7 p.m. when this is a easy time to just do a quick little raid. Yeah. The owners or the operators at the time, workers at the time had no idea this was going on. This is obviously not a normal raid. So um, there has been historical like research into what was actually going on here. And this is just fucking annoying and sick. The mafia people that were running this place, what they would also do on top of uh, paying off the policemen to have this place exist without a liquor license is that, they would spot out, um, they would just have another mobster go to the place, spot out specifically, or just some of the gay people there, find out their identity, and if they were rich or if they worked like on Wall Street, they would then uh, blackmail them oh, to shit. release to other people that they were gay if they didn't pay them off. And then they would 
give a percentage of that money to the police officers as oh, well. Oh, shit. So they were like, hey, not only will we, we give you, like, a percentage of what we make from the patrons at the bar, but we will also extort and blackmail some of the patrons of the bar for being gay. That's disgusting. Um, especially they targeted ones that, like, worked on Wall Street and were rich and that they would give a percentage to the police. But when that didn't either bring in enough money or the mobster stopped giving the, the police a percentage, they were like, fuck this. We're just to- taking the, like, oh you know, God. fucking queer stonewall just down. Just all about like, greed. It. It's just greed. It's just so fucking, just so much greed and ignorance and bigotry. Like, fuck it all. It's just disgusting. It's disgusting. Um, it, it gets worse. Um, as I said, they called in backup. The music was turned off. The lights were turned on. And uh, people were started to line up. Approximately 205 people were in the bar that night. And a lot, because it was late, as you sort of sort of guess, people were drunk and a lot of people had not experienced a raid oh, coming fuck. at this late. So they were like, what the fuck is going on? Panic, panic, when panic. usually most of these raids like were sort of like, okay, yeah, like we know what's going on. And ID. like the owner or like the workers would be like, hey, the lights turn on. Hey, y'all, there's a raid. People line up. Just get ready for the police. Give them what they want. And this will be over as quickly as possible. And we can just get back to being, you know, fucking whatever you do. You got to be true. Could you imagine, though, like if we lived during a time where a raid was normal like you like oh it's just a casual raid be so it's mad. just like a drill yeah like that'd be just... so ridiculous i don't know what happened to me i can't even like really imagine because we've never experienced anything like that like i yeah. can't I'm, like it's just so hard yeah it'd be so yeah it'd be so hard to see like what you would do and like if you would be as strong as these like women and men i freak out that like like what i'm about to get into it's so i'm so excited i'm so excited Tell i was like crying it. and like fuck yeah the oh, whole time cute, it, right? it was so cute so a few people who realized what was going on and what was beginning to happen immediately began to run for the doors and the windows and the bathrooms. But the police were easily able to bar the doors and Ugh. just stop people from getting out. So uh, maybe a few people got out, but I'm pretty sure most, almost nobody probably got just away panic. from this raid. Yeah. yeah. So the raid started out as planned. The patron were lined up and identification was demanded. Um, there also the, the female officers that were there took those dressed as females into the bathroom to confirm their sex. <gasps> Um, and those that were men were arrested. However, oh this is God. where things start to get out of hand. Yes, bitch. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, so immediately, the the ones dressed in drag refused the arrest of the police. This then sparked the men that were lined up to refuse identification. So again, nice. um, they're also uh, women, but it's just like 2% women. But then that 2% women... I'm going to get to it is more important than the 98% men in this. Like, What's like up? I'm super excited. Okay. So, um, and then when I say immediate or before I move on again, I will say those dressed in drag, uh, we again, can't be sure if these were just uh, men dressed in drag as just drag Queens, or if they were uh, transgender women, we don't know. Okay. Um, uh, we, for some of these people specifically, we do know, and I will get into their specific involvement a teeny bit this episode and the next episode I will as well, okay. like more get into them. But just again, just like for sort of the Cooper donut rights, as I mentioned last time for the faggot fight, just sort of think that when I mentioned drag queens or just men dressed in drag, maybe just keep in mind that a good number of those people were probably transgender themselves. Okay. You okay. just don't have like the exact number. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. Third, yeah. yeah. And I want to also reiterate the first resistance is these drag queens and or transgender women no like fuck you i'm not going to go to jail yeah. like just because i'm dressing up as a woman or dressing up as who i am like it's a like, goddamn like fun night leave me the fuck yeah alone. like i'm here just drinking in this fucking bar we're having a good time like go fucking stop 
crime somewhere yeah, like, else. I'm wearing goddamn lipstick. Shit. Like lipstick. Who the fuck is this offending? Yeah. So this then is what inspired the men in line to start refusing to give their identification What's to up? Um, the police. Um, when this happens, immediately the police are like this sort of like when that sort of sparked in the men in line is immediately became a majority versus the police and the police realized their situation. Um, they attempted to maintain order and sort of did um, pretty quickly. Um, and they got the, uh, p- those dressed in drag or the transgender women and corralled them into the back of the bar um, just to like sort of, you know, separate the two groups and just like sort of demoralize probably or yeah. just separate the problems. Um, and then at the same time, there was a big note that the, the, uh, tension began to rise even further as multiple patrons sorry trying to get super mad multiple cha- patrons um spotted male officers groping and sexually assaulting the lesbian patrons oh! pa- patrons not patriots um you sorry is that heads. fucking That's disgusting. i fucking hate that that like sums up so fucking much sums up so much right that there. Sums up That's so fucking disgusting. much Ugh. okay so those How, poor, poor people. Even though that happened and people started to shard, uh, shard out. <laughs> they, they're just wildly shitting everywhere. All these, it's everyone. Just... If I saw some guy molesting, <laughs> wi- officer molesting women, and not only women, just because they're lesbian, it just makes me more fucking mad. Yeah, right. Uh, I would shart <laughs> just in their face. Violently shart on them. <laughs> Corey, I hope like if you next time you see me, I wouldn't even choose. Rooms, That's just my natural reaction. It's a sharding. My natural reaction to sexual violence. Silence is shart. Is sharding. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's just like the fight or flight. It's just like a defense mechanism. Yeah, it's like fight, flight, shart. Which option? Which one are you going Like my today? enema that I like didn't fully flush out because I wanted to get fucked that night just like immediately flushes all the way out <laughs> into their face. Lol. <laughs> uh, so order, however, still was regained for a few minutes, but the police weren't sort of in line with everything i mentioned that they had called in reinforcements so they were having uh like police cars not cars the wagons where you can put a lot of people in at one time they're referred to as wagons a lot um they were waiting for those cars or those wagons to come in one confiscate and transport all the alcohol out of the place and then two you know arrest all of these people they needed to arrest arrest uh the drag queens transgender people and they needed to arrest some of the other patrons that were revolting or just whoever they wanted to fucking arrest because they could decide to um and then two they also needed to arrest like the mafia men and business and, and and like workers there so they didn't really realize that this was ne- this was going to take about 10 or 15 minutes for the wagons to get there. During this time, police let the patrons off who fit the criteria that I mentioned earlier. Okay. So basically, just people who didn't piss them off, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, or they were like, I, you know, their identification said male and they looked like a male to them. And so they were like, okay, cool. That's fine. You can go. No, you can go. Like, Whatever. Okay. So <laughs> um, most of the time that this would happen in a, in a normal raid, the people would just be like, okay, cool. And then just scurry off into the night. But yeah. something was different that night. Patrons began to immediately congregate outside of the bar when they were, you know, thrown out or sent out. Um, And this, in turn, even accumulated a bigger group. Within minutes, there were reports of 100 to 150 people who had gathered outside. Um, People who were forcibly removed and thrown out at this time began to even perform for the crowd doing like awkward, you know, like, you know, mocking salutes to oh, the policemen yeah. after they were like thrown on the ground, they'd get up and dust themselves off and like salute the policemen. Like, salute and flip them off. Yeah, yeah. Then they started calling them like pigs or coppers and just yelling shit out. 
So by the time the first parole car or wagon arrived uh, at the bar, Inspector Pine himself reported that the crowd was about 10 times the size as it was when they first, like, Damn. you know, uh, like, started throwing people out. Like, it just immediately, within minutes, just, like, you That's know, crazy. went tenfold in size. Um, the mafia owners were the first escorted um, into their cars, which the crowd cheered. Um, I don't know if they knew about the, you know, the reason why the Stonewall was being, right, you know, ransacked or, or raided yeah. that night. I, I don't really know why the crowd cheered, but they did. I guess they must have figured it out somehow. Yeah, there was probably some just like, oh, they probably, you know, turned us in or something yeah, like that. Yeah, maybe even like the police officers, like we're doing that like that's oh true. you want how you got caught you faggots it's because yeah because these guys want to turn your protectors you in. didn't protect you they think you're faggots and if they're extorting that. them i'm sure some of the other the patrons that were extorted or blackmailed yeah maybe told others yeah yeah yeah, yeah but it was still such a hopping like you know happen in place that they were like oh we still need to go because this is the only place we can yeah this is our only oh that's so yeah sad. uh when they b- then began to sort of you know push the employees into this uh, wagon um, like the employees of the bar, um, someone in the crowd then shouted gay power to which the crowd Ooh. cheered. And then um, some began singing We Shall Overcome, which is like the big civil rights uh, movement song. Um, an officer then shoved a transvestite. It is reported that they are transvestite. And I will actually go into the big difference um, in a future fact of fact. Um, who responded by hitting him on the head with her purse yeah, as the crowd began to boo. Um, uh, to this, people that people then began throwing pennies, trash, and beer bottles at the cops, yelling, you know, coppers, you know, screw you, pigs, shit like that. Yeah. And then there were even rumors passed around that people, the those, the like, you know, the drag queens or transgender women inside were also being detained and beaten. Um, I don't, they, I think there were just rumors. I don't know if that exactly happened. Horrible. You know, I don't know. Um, so two uh, trans women of color, transgender women of color, uh, Marsha P. Johnson, which I will totally get into in a f- she will have her own fact of fact. And also Sylvia, Sylvia Rivera. Uh, Rivera. I said that's so gringo-ish. It's okay. I'll get through it. <laughs> Rivera. Um, were said to have resisted arrest and thrown the first bottle at the cops. Although Johnson, so Marsha P. Johnson, later said in a podcast interview with historian Eric Marcus that she had not arrived until the uprising was well underway. So, you know, that's just discrepancies. It was a, it was a raid slash riot. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like there are, will be discrepancies all over There's the place. There's a bunch of people there. So then, as the last tipping point, when the raid became a riot, a scuffle had broken out but to, uh, when a woman in handcuffs, so a lesbian woman in, in handcuffs, was escorted from the door of the bar to the waiting police wagon. She was attempted to be escorted several times where she, over the next 10 minutes, repeatedly cursed and fought off four police officers. Oh, my God. Fuck, yeah, like, fuck yeah. Four police, <laughs> she, like, beat the shit out of four. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, fuck you, bitches. Like, I'm not fucking going. That's you know, This amazing. is just my fucking life. Um, she was described as a, quote, a typical New York butch and, quote, a dyke stone butch. <laughs> That's so fun. Um, she had been hit on the head by an officer with a baton and the entire time was complaining that her handcuffs were too tight. Bystanders uh, were watching this just happen and like half dumbfounded, half cheering her on. Eventually, the uh, officers get her to the wagon. And just as they throw her in, she looks at the crowd and says, why don't you guys do something? Oh, shit. So literally, this is like the turning point moment where everyone's like, yeah, when she says that everyone is like, fuck, yeah, the crowd starts to go berserk. And this raid becomes an actual fucking riot. Ooh. So I'm going to stop there 
and leave you wanting more. Yes, daddy. So we'll get to the actual riots next week. The climax. Yeah, I the have climax chills week. already, though. I have chills. I was like, I yeah, I, like I was tearing up the entire time writing this down. Why don't so, you guys do something? Yeah, and again, it's just so, this is just yeah, like why don't you guys fucking do that's something? So cool. Like that's so awesome. And again, this just like goes to show, like um, I will bring it up again. The 2015 uh, Stonewall movie, like it is completely whitewashed, or not completely whitewashed. That's a little bit of exaggeration. But like the main character is like a white white cis. Is it cis? For what? Like cis a cis like, male. Like they is were born si- as a man and they identify as a male. As yeah, cis. it's cis. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's like a white. I just I, sometimes I think I want to say psi, but I know it's cis. So it's a white. I say cis, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's cis. So yeah, it's like a white cis male um, who is like the main character and who's the one shown leading it. But no, like yes, there were a ton of men there. But a, a good number woman. of them were white, but it was you know all like equally white, black, and Hispanic. And then on top of that, the ones who start the first revolting that inspire the men are the transgender women. Yeah. And bitch. then the one that inspires the entire crowd to actually go into a riot, a riot is a lesbian woman. What's so up? like fuck yeah. Yeah, bitch, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, that's just like part one of the Stonewall riots. Um, I hope y'all liked it. Yeah. Um, I will get in more in depth into the actual riots that happens just after this. And then uh, probably the last week I will get into the effect that this has. And as I said before, the uh, gay liberation movement. Yes. Gay rights. Yes. Gay rights. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Thank you, women. Thanks, women. Thanks, gays. Thanks, Feminism, gay, gay rights. Such a transgender such a rights, thing. transgender all rights, all the things. Fuck cops. <laughs> Fuck cops. <laughs> 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 so spooky. I'm not editing time. that out. <laughs> it's a spooky scoop time. So my spooky scoop is incredibly fast today. Yes. Because I already told you last week I was going to do my spooky scoop on this this week this episode, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize it was only going to take me approximately 45 seconds to get through. <laughs> So I have my spooky scoop, but then I have a true crime update. Now, I was going to do, like, multiple spooky scoops, but I thought, like, I don't know. I want to focus on, like, one spooky scoop at a time. It's been like this, 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 this. So my spooky scoop today is about lesbian serial killers. Now, these are women who, like, identify as lesbian, not, like, women just committing, like, crimes or like rapes and sexual abuse towards other women okay like these are people who identify i want to make that clear because i was yeah it's a good it, it was kind of hard to today when i was googling it because i went to this one website and they had like this big list of like women like lesbian serial killers but then when i'd go like when i would go through their murders and whatnot like they'd never really identified or really even called themselves even like bisexual it would more be like they would either do crimes against women or they would do crimes against women with their husbands, things like that. Like they would kidnap and kidnap girls, their husbands, and they would like get off by like raping the girl too. But like, I didn't want to lump those people with lesbians. Cause I don't know. Cause like, they didn't self identify that way. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And like, I'm, I don't want to like, just because someone rapes, just because like a woman rapes a woman doesn't necessarily mean she's, same other way around. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, same other way around. So, anyway, so I'll make that clear. Like, these people who identify as lesbians, as flicking the bean. Yeah. So, um, the first one is Magdalena Solis. She killed eight people in 1963 in Monterey, Mexico. The next one is a lesbian killing duo. Um, Eileen Wiranos and Tyria Moore. They killed over seven people between 89, or sorry, 1989 and 90 in Florida. And the last people I'm talking about is Catherine Wood and Gwen Graham. 
my entire segment is on those two today. Ooh. They're known as the Lethal Lovers. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, and there's there's actually a big like nod to them in American Horror Story Roanoke. So we're gonna go through it. Um, now my I true. I do not remember that. My tr- you'll remember it when I say it. Okay. You're, okay. Because I like I was reading through it and I was like, "Fuck, this is familiar." And I I was like picturing like a, a like a movie scene in my head and I was like, "Oh my god, that's an American Horror Story." And oh, I okay. It and I was like, "Oh yeah, they did it in season six. Oh nice. Um, and now, so that's my spooky scoop today. So there's not that many lesbian serial killers out there. Yeah. So like, go lesbians, y'all. Yeah, good job. Like, y'all aren't killing people. Good job resisting that urge to kill people. As there's like a lesbian <laughs> listening to her podcast as she's killing someone. She's like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, damn it, I let them down. She's like, fuck. She's like, emails us. She's like, I'm turning myself she's in tomorrow. She's like, I let y'all down. I'm sorry. Oh my God, did we just solve a crime? We solved a crime. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next thing, I'm just giving you guys a true crime update. Yes. Because as some sp- spooky scoops... Uh, that I cover are about true crime events that are happening, like current mood right now. Mm-hmm. And this one happened a few weeks ago. So do you remember when I was talking about the pregnant woman who was murdered and then her baby was cut out of her stomach? Yes. Um, her name was... <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> her name was Marlene Oko or Okawa Lopez Yeah. in Chicago. Yeah, so just to c- catch you guys up to speed in case... Uh, you haven't listened to the episode yet. Basically, this girl, um, she found another mom through like one of those mom this Facebook crazy ass groups. Bitch, not a girl. She's a crazy ass bitch. Yeah, and so she went over to this to this crazy ass bitch's house um, because she was supposed to get a uh, free clothes and like toys. Oh, and I guess the girl is not a crazy ass bitch, but yeah. she went over to a crazy ass bitch's house. Yeah, yeah but sorry. girl's not a crazy ass bitch. But she went over like w- you know thinking that she was going there for like free clothes and stuff. She went inside the crazy ass bitch's house and the crazy ass bitch was like, look at my um, like weird shrine that I have to my dead like 20 year old son or whatever. And now she was like looking through like a photo album. The crazy ass bitch came around and like strangled her and called her daughter down. And, like the daughter held her down. They killed her. Once she was dead, they cut out her baby directly like out of her stomach and then they called the paramedic, and then they hid. They threw away her body in, in a garbage trash. can. Just threw it in a garbage can. Yeah, just like on the side of their house. Oh my god! Called the paramedics. She's like, I just gave birth to this baby, and it's not breathing. Blah blah blah. Like trying to pretend it was her baby, and then like a few weeks later, um, they put two and two together and realized, like, oh my god, this baby is the child of, um, the missing woman. Anyway, so the baby so was returned to the biological father, um, but that baby just passed away this week. Passed away on, I think it was like oh, Thursday. Because no. the baby was in like ICU, like intensive care oh. for the past like month and just passed away. So that's my true crime update. It's a very sad one. Thanks, Jenna. <laughs> yeah. That's my sad true crime update. Oh, it's not no. sad. So the baby passed away. I think the family's going to have like a funeral for it oh, soon. That's so sad. I, I'm. They probably already had a funeral for that poor that poor you know. dude. The poor like yeah, he lost his wife, his yeah. partner, his like life partner, and his oh. son or or daughter. That's or, so sad. Yeah, it's very sad. Anyways, um, fuck that. Are we getting into our shit? Yeah. So that's my whole section. It's very short today. Uh, it's very sad. Bringing the mat, the, I'm bringing. I like to bring the mood way down before yours. <laughs> so then we're like, oh god, and then like we get really positive and like excited at the end of yours, and then I bring yes. it down again. And then you bring it down again. I'm the Debbie Downer. We like to go up. We like to make titties with our diagram of, I don't know, 
I feel like I like to make us feel like we're rolling on Molly. We have all these ooh, highs and yeah, lows. Like, ooh, yeah, like I'm the lows. Corey's the highs. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm fine. Oh, Molly, guys. Podcast <laughs> listeners out there. The government's like, we're listening. Podcast <laughs> listeners out there. Government. If now. you have legal drugs to send us, please send us those legal. Don't even send us any drug. I don't want any drug from you. For the love of God, do not send me a drug. For the love of God. But we'll visit you. Don't do illegal drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Just do legal drugs. We're going to hear a knock on my door in five seconds. It's going to be the goddamn like FBI. (laughs) You're like, freeze, moral police. Illegal (laughs) drugs are bad. Don't do them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get into your section, bitch. Okay, so my thing today is about the goat man. Ooh. In Prince George's County, Maryland. So the county is called Prince George's County. How? What a bitch. Yeah, what a bitch. Um, there lived a humanoid goat cryptid, or there lived, oh my god, there lives a humanoid goat cryptid Ooh. known as the Goat Man who terrorizes locals, stalks the forest, and preys upon horny teenagers parked at Lover's Lanes oh, in the area. Classic. This area being between D.C. and Baltimore. There are two specific towns that are mentioned in the lore, and we'll get into that pretty quickly here. Being an urban legend, the Goatman has many origin stories, each being more like ridiculous and crazy than the last. So let's yes. look at them. The first one is people claim that the Goatman is a half goat, half man who has walked the earth just like Bigfoot and is either the last of his kind or that there are simply multiple uh, sightings of multiple multiples of this cryptid species. Okay. 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 Second, the goat man is an axe-wielding old hermit or goat, goat farmer who lives in the woods and is seen stalking alone at night along the Fletcher Town Road. Ugh. Fletcher, lol. Sex. Anyways, there's sex life. Yeah, go look it up. Fletching, go look it up. Google image. <laughs> if you're 18 or above. If you're above 18 years old, go to Pornhub. (laughs) Type in fletching. Have fun. Type in fletching and close your eyes. (laughs) Have fun. (laughs) So he supposedly went mad and sold his soul to the devil to get revenge on a group of teenagers who scared off his his goats and as such was transformed into a humanoid goat man. So basically these teenagers come and fuck up his goats. They scare him off and they lose his goats so the goats die. And then the guy's like sells his soul, sells his soul to the devil. Nice. Um, to then get revenge, and so he's turned into this humanoid goat. You know what? I can relate people. to that. I would do that. Yeah, like if right? people like if killed I wasn't a goat lose... farmer. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I totally interrupted you. No, bro. it's okay. I'm saying like if someone like hurt my cats in any way and they like died, I would be like, yeah, I'm gonna sell my soul to the devil yeah. and like terrorize and the become like a cougar woman. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I become Catwoman. You become Catwoman. Hot yes. over the leather outfit. Yes. I like say dumbass lines. I love it. Fuck yeah. Okay. Have you seen Cat People? I have not. It's a really good movie. It's an or it's an old like black and white film. I think it's from the 50s. It's a really good movie. Cool. And it actually has like lesbian undertones. Oh, Ooh, pussy cats. Yeah. Those pussies love their pussies. Yeah, mm. pussies. Because they turn into pussies and they want to lick each other's pussies while oh, they're pussies. Oh, oh, lesbian. Pussy Inception. Oh my god, go to Pornhub and type in Pussy Inception and have fun. <laughs> oh my god, please, somebody go to, somebody go to Pornhub, type in Pussy Inception, yeah. and then record your reaction. And then and post it on it YouTube and tag us. If you're 18 or above. Yeah, if you're under 18, if I you're don't want to go to jail, don't send me. Go, go online, type in Spongebob memes and look at them. Yes, <laughs> clean, Spongebob clean memes. Yeah, yeah, clean memes. <laughs> PG-13 memes. <laughs> PG-13. Go to Pinterest and look at memes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just go outside and fucking play. That's true. Don't go on the internet. Go play with your friends. <laughs> or other people that are also underage. Oh. I, 
I guess I can't condone that because that in and of itself is bad. <laughs> We're, it's a lose-lose situation. Ah, run here. away! We're losing. This, con- this conversation we've lost since the beginning. Yeah, we've lost. <laughs> so the third and final iteration of this legend is that the Goatman is an axe-wielding half-animal, half-man creature that was once a scientist by the name of Stephen Fletcher. So you can see there's Stephen Fletcher um, is the name of the scientist, and in the second uh, sort of version of this legend... Uh, the Goatman is a, is a long Fletchertown Road. Fletchertown Road is an actual road in uh, Bowie. Okay. Um, Bowie is just is actually way more directly in the center between uh, D.C. and Baltimore. Okay. Um, and also the other town that I would get to is called Beltsville, Maryland. And it is Maryland just a little bit bees. like north, northwest. Yeah, they do like the bees yeah. over there. Yeah. Baltimore, Bowie, Beltsman. Yeah. Nice. So the scientist's name is Stephen Fletcher, and he worked at the Beltsville Agricultural Research Center. Uh, that's a real research research center. Um, sorry, they I'm research not goat really talking into this. Sorry, they research goat people specifically. They research goat people specifically. <laughs> specifically, yeah, they're like people that have like PhDs in goat people. Yeah, and Sasquatch. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, they're actually yeah, they're all fo- folklorists that are actually I will quote in this. Uh, fucking section yeah we're getting like scientific we're getting scientific bitch <laughs> so tell uh, the tale holds that basically uh stephen fletcher was doing early dna experiments Rat in like Row. the 1930s and 1920s or whatever um or like 1950s or whatever i don't know i don't know when dna experiments exploded who the fuck knows <laughs> someone like, out there knows you fucking know when you listen to this podcast go listen to another fucking podcast you're way too okay. smart for this you're podcast. way too fucking smart <laughs> So um, basically one of these experiments backfired and they were working on DNA experiments on goats. So I don't know what that means. I was right on goat people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, On goat people. Were they mixing like human DNA with goat DNA? Were they just like shoving their hands up goats butts and just like with consent? Um, (laughs) Yes. um, And like, you know, playing with their DNA. I don't know. Anyways, this experiment backfired and Um, the guy was basically mutilated, becoming a goat like you know, a goat version of himself or a humanoid goat. He became his own experiment. Yes. Oh. Oh. So then he began attacking cars with an axe roaming around the back roads that's of Beltsville, Maryland. Okay. With so that's basically axe. terrifying. Yeah. Okay. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, I will talk about folklorists. So there's an academic folklorist by the name of Barry Pearson who teaches at the University of Maryland and claims that the legends of the Goatman uh, began long ago in mainly the Beltsville area. So we have the Beltsville area and then we have the Bowie area. Okay. They're both within like 10, 15 minutes of each other, okay. but they're technically different little towns. It's like Provo and Orem. Tomato, tomato. Basically. I mean, they're a little bit, probably like Provo and American Fork. Okay. Something so like same that. Same thing. Utah Valley. Basically same fucking shit. Yeah. yeah. They're both right between Baltimore and Mar- or in D.C. Like it's totally chill. So she notes that even on the first day of her class, because she is a folklorist, uh, she will mention the goat man and that many locals or like people who grow up in the area will all have their different, you know, versions of their Mm. of origins and versions of like what happens and stuff like that. Um, Pearson believes that the legend of the goat man was influenced by um, mostly the car culture of the late 1950s and the 1960s, which gave teams the freedom to discover their own world around them. And also that it was mixed in with them learning about Greek mythology. So it's like, hey, you have like in the 1950s is when like teenagers became a thing, like teenage culture became 
a thing. Yeah. Um, and during that time, because they had cars and the freedom with that, and that they're learning Greek mythology in their high school classes and college classes, that they sort of came up with this own legend themselves, or it became like very popular. Yeah. So basically, uh, the folklorist Barry Pearson uh, sort of identifies the correlation between the goat man being a humanoid goat and uh, the god Pan um, that comes from Develli's cave. That was okay. like an earlier episode. Um, we talked about the god Pan um, and uh, just satyrs in Greek mythology. Um, and she says that them learning that and just like uh, satyrs are, you know, correlated with the forest and they protect the forest, but they can also be aggressive and they're also sexually aggressive. Oh. And that that is another correlate. They're like very sexually aggressive and deviant and like rape is involved with them to okay. some points or just like having an erection and just like male, like the phallic, like male symbol of a penis is associated with satyrs mm. um, and the God Pan. But I'll get to that that uh, sort of uh, example later, that correlation a little bit later. So let's get into the actual factual or- origins of where uh, the when the Goatman was basically brought up in the zeitgeist of this area. Um, so the first media mention of the Goatman came out on the, October 27th in 1971, and it was in an article of the the Prince George's cu- County News. So all of this... <laughs> you almost said cunt. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Prince so, George's cunt. cunt. Cunny mood. Cunny news. <laughs> the cunty news of Prince George says... <laughs> Prince George's cunt. <laughs> the goat man is here. Yeah. <laughs> and he's staying. So both of these towns, uh, uh, Bowie and Cuntsville, what is it? B- uh, Bl- Beltsman. Belts- Beltsville. Beltsville. <laughs> Close. Um, Beltsville. They're in, the count- in uh, Prince George's County. Okay. So in the article, writer Karen Holzer basically goes into the University of American Folklore Archives. And when this is like in her article, when she does that, she mentions a few uh, things that are in the surrounding woods um, of this area of of the county. Uh, She mentions the goat man amongst some other like multiple ghosts haunting the forest. And then also another cryptid called the boa man, B-O-A-M-A-N, like boa man. Um, and I would, I'll probably look into that later for like a future little thing, or you could probably do a spooky scoop on that. Cause I think it's like a really just quick little cryptid. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so when she does, uh, when she does that two weeks later, uh, Hosler writes another newspaper article that has the headline residents fear goat man lives dog found decapitated in Ugh. old Bowie. So old Bowie is in the old town Bowie. Oh, fuck. Um, the article basically describes this uh, family called the Edwards, and they're searching for their missing puppy named Ginger. No, fuck you, Corey. This I know. Is this is a little sad. Everyone get ready for sadness. We're going through the downwards. <laughs> it's named Ginger. That's so cute. That's the cutest name I've ever heard in my um, life. Days later, they find Ginger near Fletchtown Road, um, dead and headless. Its head was it was decapitated. That is, I would go on a murderous rampage. Yeah, I would destroy everyone. Um, the locals be- immediately said, hey, like, this is the work of the goat man. Fuck you, goat and man. And she then wrote this article and said that it basically was probably uh, the goat man. Uh, now, this is also a little little skeptical as this um, sort of article that came out two weeks earlier that I mentioned first was, like, the first time that there was an official, like, documentation of, like, hey, goat yeah, man. like, there yeah. we have d- a folklore documentation in our, you know, university archives stating that there is this local legend of the goat man. And so, so when she sort of brought it into this news article, 
over the next two weeks, people have started to read it and then, like, you know, start thinking of the goat man. So then when somebody sees this happen to this puppy, they're like, oh, it's the goat man. Nobody, mm. you know, nobody, I mean, and I agree. No, like, you know, rightful human would just kill a puppy and yeah. decapitate a pup- you better puppy. You better not, fuckheads. Yeah. So uh, they were like, oh, hey, this is probably the goat man. The article then said that uh, it, like, describes a group of teenage girls that found the... Aww. They found the dog, and one of the and one of the girls in the group was actually one of the Edwards girls. She was sixteen. Her name is April. She's traumatized for Isn't life. Isn't that so sad? Sorry, to, April. like imagine you're sixteen, and you your dad comes home and buys you a fucking puppy named Ginger. Yeah, so you're already like. In yeah, love with it. and then it disappears, and a week later, y'all find it headless on the road. I would know for a fact. I would. I would. That would be so terrifying destroy. and so sad. Yeah. Um, they also there's also sightings in this article. Um, so the second article that uh, many people saw an animal, a quote animal like creature that walks on its hind legs that was walking around around the woods around Fletchertown Road. Ew. So now before I uh, continue in the 70s and 60s and 50s, uh, these were Fletchertown Fletchertown Road is a road. They uh, these were back roads and okay. also the back roads and like quote unquote lovers lanes in beltsville um they were you know rural they are they were lovers lanes they were rural it's uh semi-rural at least back roads it's spooky shit it's near the woods so you can like go and fuck in a car and nobody's gonna bother you so fuck that is what you're trying to tell me but also someone's gonna come fucking kill you while you're doing it (laughs) yeah obviously you're on a spooky road fucking someone you're yeah nowadays they're just like total they're not back roads at all I think Fletcher's Lane is a little bit of a back road, but mostly they're they're really not. There's like homes or just businesses along these there's roads. There's gas. There's a Seven Eleven or two. Yeah, there's pretty probably much. a CVS. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh my God, there's a goddamn CVS. There's a goddamn. Go get CVS. alcohol for us because we can't because we live in Utah. Because we live in Utah, I would do a liquor <laughs> store that closes at 7 p.m. or 10 p.m. Yeah, depending on which liquor store you go to. Okay, so basically, when this happens, a few weeks later, um, the Washington Post released an article. Um, that's headlined, A Legendary Figure Haunts Remote Prince George's Woods. Um, and from there, it just sort of spreads and becomes, like, semi, you know, uh, common information. I mean, I didn't know about the Goatman for a while. Yeah. Um, basically, regardless of the origins, the Goatman is mostly known to stalk his prey around lovers' lanes or back, with, back roads, as we've said, where teenage parts so they can basically fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, the goat man is claimed to feed on the blood of its victims, sort of like the chupacabra. So it doesn't really eat the flesh. It more just wants to suck their blood or just like, you know, you know, just slurp up their blood as they're just, that reminds me of Harry Potter. Apart. Yeah. 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 Like a uh, Voldemort sipping on the unicorn, unicorn blood. bastard. Yeah. yeah. Fucking bastard. He also, there's some uh, versions where the goat man is claimed to also like it when the victims are horny and that's when he likes to feed on their blood the most because of like the hormones or whatever you know sort of the legend sort of goes to because sex and violence it's best mixed so of course Um, he goes after lovers then yeah of course yeah Yeah. so you're just like getting little horny teenagers like in their cars and being like what the fuck you know shit like that also are claims that the goat man will rape his victims oh shit this is no longer fun um yeah right uh, before killing them, um, and probably rape them after. Who knows? You're a fucking, you know, humanoid demon goat, thing, demon rapist. So like, why not? Ah. Uh, um. Uh, and then he'll rape both men and the woman alike. It doesn't matter if they're men or women. He chooses whoever. Yeah. Um. This is the correlation that I mentioned earlier. Um. Where the folklorist Pearson's claims, you know, that it was referring, you Japan. know, that I was referring to earlier, that like, you know, sort of refers to Pan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah is that like. 
it is this goat creature in the woods that stalks, you know, horny teenagers and will rape them as well and just like wants their horny hormone blood or something like Ew. that. Ew. Yeah, horny hormone blood. This is escalating. Horny hormone blood. That's hard. Horny hormone. Whoa. Yeah. Horny hormone blood. Horny yeah. hormone blood. <laughs> yeah. So, um, there is sort of the legacy. The goat man is he just popped up in some pop culture things along the way. And one of the biggest one is that this past uh, in February, um, this past year, there was like a big co-op online game that came out where you basically go hunt for the goat man. Oh. Um, and it's actually a little scary. I watched some people online play it. It's a little scary. Spooky. Um, but yeah, you can play a co-op online game where we all like go hunt the goat man Whoa. together. And That's it's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, he looks pretty creepy and very demonish. Ooh, fun. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, and that's the goat man. <laughs> Hold on, I want to look up a picture of the goat man video game. Guy. Yeah, just type goat man, the goat man, and it'll be, it's a black and oh, green one. I've seen this picture like in a million different places. Uh-huh, that's the goat man. Sometimes it's attributed to the, uh, what do you call it? Oh my God, S'mores is in here. Hey, Beb. S'mores. S'mores is in here. Hey, S'mores. Hey, girl. Simone has no idea we're good. Simone's dead asleep. Sorry, Simone. Simone's like, whatever. I've seen this picture other places. <laughs> this picture is funny. It's like obviously a person in a costume. <laughs> like, is this the goat man? But like people will still click on it to be like, what? Yeah, everyone's like, is it the goat man? Okay, so let's jump into my segment for today. Yes. So as I mentioned during my spooky scoop, I am talking about Gwendolyn Graham and Kathy Wood. They're known as the Lethal Lovers. Yes. Yeah. It could be all ASMR at that. The lethal lover. <laughs> uh, okay, so background this shit. Let's do this. Yes. So Gwen Graham, also her middle name was Gail. So Gwendolyn Gail Graham, GGG. Oh my god. Alliteration man. Triple G's. Triple G's. Uh, so Triple G. She was born in. <laughs> That's 19- her breast size. Yeah. Her, triple G's. It actually could be her breast size. Triple G's? No, it's not. That's it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. like your body. That, that my mom has double D's. Boobs. And we'll like, go down two more letters and then triple it. Well, you know, she doesn't have triple G's, <laughs> but we're gonna call it triple G. So triple G, she was born in 1963 in California, but sh- she grew up in Tyler, Texas. Do you know where Tyler, okay. Texas is? Uh, no, I don't. I always ask Corey. I think it's actually episode. relatively close. Let's look this up. Do Continue. you want to something crazy? I think yeah. almost like every other episode, I'd mention a place in Texas. Uh-huh. Is Texas like haunted? Is Texas is a lot of true crime Texas shit? I guess is haunted as crook, and a lot of shit happens. Leatherface happened there. It's a big ass place. <laughs> Ta- 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 Texas is big. That's not the only thing that's big here. It's like an hour and a half, two hours from Dallas, east cool. of Dallas. Going back to Triple G. So Triple G was born in 63 in California. She grew up in Texas. She was quiet and respectful growing up, but she was a sad girl, 69 also. She was like super depressed. Sad. She blamed her sadness on the sexual abuse she experienced at the hands of her father, but that Damn. charge, which he denies, was never proved in court. So some people say, because like, she only came out with that oh, when she was caught. okay, yeah. So people are like, is she just trying to pull like the abuse card uh-huh. to or try like to like... Or like the, like, I'm not mentally stable. Yeah, to, to try to tried. like... Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of people don't believe it. They just think it was her like last ditch effort, which like, fuck you if that's true, because so many people have gone through that. And if she's just trying to pretend she's gone through something like that she's to not have not the consequences of murder, fuck you, yeah. Triple G. 
Anyways, she moved to Michigan in 1986, and she found work as a nurse aide at the Alpine Manor Nursing Home. Ooh, that sounds ominous. Yeah. Her immediate superior at Alpine Manor Nursing Home was 24-year-old Kathy Wood. So Kathy was born in 1962, so she's a year older than Gwen. So Gwen was only 23 when she moved. Okay. Um. She, so Kathy, she couldn't. I couldn't find much about her childhood on the internet, um, uh, because they're just like pretty normal people until they're like became murderers. However, um, I did find that she was married when she was a teenager to a guy named Ken Woods. She got her last name Woods. Interesting. But they divorced seven years later, probably because she was a fucking lesbian. Because she loved pussy Pussy. um so she was hired at alpine manor nursing home in july 1985 and she was soon promoted to supervisor of all the nurse aides but her social life was pretty much supervising of their pussies she was supervising something that's for sure but her social life was pretty much like non-existent super uneventful and then gwen then triple g moved into town so the two like quickly became best friends and that one thing led to another and they started touching each other's vaginas with each other's vaginas and each other's mouths and dildos (laughs) and they found love (laughs) i'm just picturing requiem for a dream (laughs) (laughs) but yeah they were fucking they loved each other they went to lesbian bars they went to sex parties they fell deeper into love they were like totally doing it you know they went to sex parties fun yeah like lesbian sex parties in in michigan whatever yeah at the alpine manor nursing like they're like they're like the like two oblivious characters in the horror movie that just go off and have sex parties while like everyone else is being haunted as fuck yeah pretty much so by late 1986 the two women had pledged had pledged undying love for one another oh cute no matter what happens yeah it was cute but was cute i mean yeah so their sex life was getting like wilder and wilder they're like constantly looking for the next high for their sex life you know like soon like sex parties and lesbo bars and i was like wildly eating each other out wasn't really kicking it for them anymore okay they were starting to look for their next level of they sexual ex- they're trying to like level up with sexual experiences yeah. now unfortunately oh wait, actually let me re-say that so yeah they were just trying to level up sexually go from like a level like six to level nine yeah you know what i'm saying so the, this is when they started to venture into some bdsm what's Ooh. up um they would choke each other specifically triple g would choke kathy and Fuck sometimes yeah. smother kathy with like a pillow during sex until kathy would begin to like shake and almost pass out and Whoa. then she would like take the pillow off that's a little much and then they'd both like orgasm and like fall into those arms okay, and, like in bliss uh, but this just kept on getting like more and more violent and you know the closer kathy got to passing out or like kind of almost being yeah, killed. Yeah, like there was more the violence, less off. sexuality. Yeah, totally. And like they were just getting, yeah, the harder the violence, the harder the orgasm. Damn. Now Gwen casually spoke to, sorry, Triple G casually spoke to Kathy one day and she was, and this is October of 1986. Oh yeah. Side note, today I spoke, I sp- spoke to my computer so it could write down the notes for me since oh, I can't yeah, type. Yeah. So like half my notes are so weird because it was me being like, oh, fuck, s'mores, this, that. Uh-huh. Um, and then like every 10th word is like not the correct word. Yeah, and then, then you have, I have like backspace written six times. I'm like, delete, backspace, backspace, <laughs> period, <Colon>. comma. <laughs> yeah. So Triple G spoke to Kathy about murder in October of 1986. And originally, Kathy thought that Triple G was joking. She, she was like, yeah, she's like, so I'm... Cho- I'm choking you out during sex, but like, what if we like choked out someone for reals? 
<laughs> Kathy's like, what a good joke. And then she realized that Triple G was not joking. Oh, shit. So as they continue to talk about the idea of murder, they both started to get, like, pretty excited about it and, like, sexually aroused at the thought of being in control of someone's life. And for, like, Triple okay. G, it was the thought of, like, smothering the victim and doing what she does to Kathy, but to someone that wasn't like Kathy to, like, take control of their someone life. Someone that wasn't in on it? And then for Kathy, it was exciting to, like, watch Triple G, like, be in that power. Uh, Damn. Oh, my God. I just realized what trip every time I say Triple G, I keep on thinking of Guy Fieri. And the reason I do that is because he has a show on Food Network called Guy's Grocery Games, and he calls it Triple G. Oh, my God. So <laughs> it, it, the face, when I'm thinking of Gwen, the, the serial killer, I'm thinking of Guy Fieri's face right now, and it's very hard for me not to start <laughs> laughing. Yes. Um. Anyways, so they decided, Triple G and Kathy decided they should probably try to start killing some patients. Because, you know, Makes it's sense. super casual. So at first, they planned to choose their victims alphabetically with their initial spelling murder as a private joke on the police. Ooh, that's fun. So they picked out the patients who could help them play the murder game is what they called it. Um, and they walked into letter M's room. I don't know, like, the name of the okay, patient, yeah. but their initial had M in it involved. Um, Gwen stood over the patient's bed and placed a washcloth, a washcloth, washcloth over their mouth and nose to start smothering them while Kathy stood and watched at the door kind of as lookout. Now, the patient was too strong and was able to fight off Gwen. No report was made of the incident, however. Um, It's important to note that all the patients here at the Alpine Manor nursing home were usually Alzheimer's patients or they were elderly people who weren't really with it anymore uh-huh. um, so it's more likely that this patient had some form of alzheimer's so they probably forgot about the incident uh-huh. so that's why they didn't report it um, both gwen sorry both triple g and kathy they earned exemplary reports from their super, from their superiors were well liked by the patients in the ward they were like the the nurses to be so they couldn't kill the person they realized that their murder game wasn't going to work um, and they needed to start picking out patients who were going to die soon of natural causes anyways, because the people on their murder list were probably too strong. Makes sense. So this leads up to January of 1987. Triple G entered the room of six-year-old Marguerite Chambers, what? a woman who had severe case um, of Alzheimer's. All- <laughs> I think it's Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. Right. Anyways, so she walked into six-year-old Marguerite Chambers' room. She 60 decided sixty-year-old. Okay. These are all old people. This okay. is a nursing home. Okay. So you can assume like everybody's over fifty. Fifty probably. Easy. Fifty to like a hundred years old. Cool. Until they die. She smothered her with a washcloth as Kathy acted as her lookout. So same thing that they did before, but yeah. this time Marguerite wasn't strong enough to fight back. Oh, no. Um, so this became the pair's first official victim. Oh. This woman's death appeared to be natural because she was they were expecting her to die pretty much any day now. So an autopsy wasn't even really performed. It was Shit. just like it's natural causes. Now, excitement of the murder, it was too much for for Triple G and Kathy to contain, so they started to have sex next to the body, like, right after they what killed her. What the fuck? Her. Really? Um, Triple G also took some form of souvenir from the victim. I couldn't find out, like, exactly what um, what she took, but I know, like, some souvenir of some form was okay. taken from her. Like a memento for them. So okay. over, which is pretty common for, like, yeah, serial killers. Serious, yeah. So over the next three months, four more patients are murdered at the hands of Triple G and while Kathy as the, was the lookout. These victims 
Um, it's 89-year-old Edith Cole, 95-year-old Murder Luce, 79-year-old May Mason, and 74-year-old Bell Burkhardt. Imagine to, like, live 94 years and then just have somebody bitch. fucking smother you. I'd be so fucking mad. I'd be so fucking mad. I would haunt mad. the shit out of her. Uh-huh. I would haunt the shit out of her and, like, choke her to death on my ghost yeah. dick. Yeah, uh-huh. Now, after each murder, Triple G and Kathy would proceed to either have sex next to the body or in a room, like an empty room near the body. Okay. Um, And they would also take souvenirs. The souvenirs that they would take included either the washcloths they used to kill, the old person's dentures, jewelry, anything like that. So the souvenirs were actually on display at Triple G and Kathy's shared apartment, kind of for everybody to see. Okay. Triple G and Kathy were also in charge of bathing the bodies and preparing the bodies for the funerals, and they would oftentimes have sex next to the bodies while they were bathing and preparing them. Fuck that. So they were, like, constantly getting off over these, over the fact that they killed these people and then having sex Shit. next to their bodies that made them so riled up. Now, Man, just, yeah, if I was, again, if I was one of those people, I would wait till that moment and then, like, repossess my dead body and, like, have it, you know, come ah! up. Like, yeah. Sorry, Simone. Simone oh. Y'all, Simone is so fucking cute right now. She is. She's all curled up. She's being adorable. So, just like the first murder of Margaret Chambers, Marguerite Chambers, Margarita Hambones. Margarita. The other four murders seemed like natural death since everybody was already so close to passing away so they weren't investigated as any form of foul play they're just like yeah Whoa. like those bitches are old like they're okay. gonna die um that's like so the weird 60 year old though jeez yeah this is like the 80s i guess but and she was like in a nursing home so she obviously wasn't perfect true health. true because like people don't go to nursing homes when they're like okay like true. nursing home is like the last step the last step pretty much it's very sad yeah. nursing homes are depressing as hell yeah so Triple G and Kathy started looking for more and more ways to get off because, you know, now. There's like one listener in nursing home right now listening to us and they're like, oh. They're like, no, they're like, yeah, nursing home sucks. They're like, yeah, <laughs> fuck this. Yeah. So they started looking for more and more ways to get off because now murder wasn't enough. They're, Murder's they're like, old. Yeah. They're like fucking X-A's bodies and they're like, ugh, what's like the next step for this? So um, they started fucking the bodies. Telling, no, they they're not fucking the bodies. Oh. This is not another necrophilia. Okay. Maybe next. Usually, week. it always becomes that. That's true, so. but not today. At least not that I know of. Maybe it would have happened, but it wasn't definitely reported. True. Now they decided to start openly talking about how they killed the patients in front of their colleagues, like the other nurse aides, um, just for fun and for pleasure, and just kind of like Why? knowing, like, oh, like. I'm telling them my secrets, but they're thinking it's a joke. And so it's oh, like, it's okay. fun for me because I know it's real, but I'm passing it off as a joke. Like, ha, ha, ha. That's true. I and they that. go and like lick each other's pussies because okay. they're like, I'm so turned on about like, fooling uh, everybody. Like that bitch Whitney we were talking to yesterday. She didn't believe us. Yeah. All. They're like dumb bitch. And they're like all this trickery is going on. So yeah, all the nurse aides, they're passing off the jokes as quote unquote sick jokes. They're like, yeah, that's fucked up. You gross bitches. They even invited three nurses over to their apartment to show them the souvenirs, but the nurses still weren't buying it. They're like, what a weird joke. That'd be us. I'd be like, wow. I'd be like, that's so cool. Can I I put the dentures in my mouth? Yeah. Ah. Uh, uh, As the ghosts are like, God damn it. (laughs) Well, we're also dealing with being haunted because we're at whatever that place is called. Yeah, Alpine Manor Nursing Home. (laughs) What is it? Alpine Manor Nursing Home. Oh, my God, yeah. Alpine Manor. It sounds like a Scooby-Doo location. We're, like, fighting insidious demons. Totally. like, they're fucking in the next room. I was like, what a funny joke. (laughs) 
So they were still thinking that Triple G and Kathy were still giving, telling them these hilarious jokes, even though they're literally looking at like someone's dentures. Jesus. This only made Triple G and Kathy hornier and hornier. So their sex life is getting more and more wild. You know, they're okay. trying all that. They're like a karma sutra book. They're going through all the positions. Um, fun fact, they began counting each murder as a day, as in the phrase, I will love you forever in a day. Um, a poem that was written by Kathy to Triple G concluded, you'll be mine forever in five days, five days because of five murder victims. Okay. So they like added another day. It's like their little like inside joke. Like, I'll love you forever in five days. <laughs> Remember how we killed five people together and had sex next to their bodies? Oh my God. What a good joke. So it was every time it was Triple G killing. Yeah. And every Kathy, time. Yeah. Okay, and so Kathy, Kathy never physically killed them. Yeah, she, and that that's kind of like her whole thing. Got it. She never physically killed them. Yeah, bitch. So I didn't like sho- shove the pill in their face. Fuck her. Doesn't mean that like I was one to really kill them. You were them. an accomplice every time. So in April of 1987, Triple G asked Kathy to take the next step to be the one to kill a person <gasps> to prove their love. Yeah. Because she was like, I'm doing all the fucking hard work here. And also, like, really sexually get her off watching Kathy be in control yeah. of another human's life. But that was too much for Kathy. So she was totally cause she was totally down to watch Triple G kill people. But, like, you know, suddenly her performing the actual act was too much for her. Bad. Yeah. So she So she was like, um, I'm a little weirded out, Triple G. And so she kind of broke things off of her. And then she got transferred to a different shift. So she wouldn't be in the same shift. <laughs> you don't G. just break things off with somebody that you committed five murders with. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Triple G was pissed. So she started dating a bitch. Her name was, I mean, she's not a bitch. I just call her a bitch. I call everybody a bitch. Yeah. She bit. started dating a homie bitch. Her name was Heather Barriger. Um, Like her, Triple G and Kathy, like officially called it quits. Triple G moved from Michigan to go work at a hospital in Texas, taking care of infants and she did speak to Kathy like once a month on the phone because they were trying to be like kind of civil. Also, they both had this huge secret over each yeah, other. Yeah, they wanted to keep in check. Yeah, yeah, like keep it like, hey, like Triple G, like you telling anybody like, nah, are you Kathy? So it was like this pretty like toxic relationship because they both always held this secret over each other. Yeah. And, and they also felt like that secret is like what gave them this like forever eternal love bond that's yeah, now bond. broken. Yeah. There's a lot going on. So at one point during one of these conversations, she made a comment to Kathy about killing one of the infants that she's now taking care of. She works at an infant hospital, so the exact opposite of a nursing home. No. Um, And that crossed the line for Kathy. Oh, good. So Kathy went and she actually spoke to her ex-husband, Ken. Um, She told him all about her three months full of, like, murder and, like, pleasure and all of that. Ken sat on the information for 14 months just trying to, like... One, see if it was really real or if this was just like Kathy telling a funny joke because apparently everyone thought this was a really funny joke. Okay. But 14 months later, he went to the police because he just couldn't really keep that secret anymore. Thank God. So Grand Rapids police at first were skeptical. Skeptical, You know, over 40 patients had died at Alpine Manor in the first quarter of 1987. It's a nursing home. Like yeah. it's, a bunch of old people are dying all the time, all listed as natural deaths. Um, so, like, why would these five deaths be different? Like, it could just be these girls, like, wanting attention or this or that. They just weren't believing it. Makes sense. When they looked closer at all of the people who died in 1987, five cases did seem to stand out. Like, there was, like, a little Ooh. weird things about each case. Whether that was, oh, yeah, like, Triple G was the nurse that was taking care of them that night. Or, like, oh, yeah, like, they died um, this way or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And now there wasn't any physical evidence to really pin Triple G and Kathy like to those people's deaths. And like technically like those deaths are still ruled as like natural causes because they're old as fuck. But Ken Woods statement and the second thoughts of staff like fellow nurse aides about the funny jokes um, at the nursing home were strong enough to start building a case. So both women were arrested in December of of 1988. Kathy was held without bond in Grand Rapids in Texas, where rumors of the Michigan investigation had already cost Triple G her job. Um, A one million dollar bond was uh, placed on her and she was brought into jail. One brief extradition later, and Gwen was on her way back to Michigan to face her ex-lover and now murder charges. Now, during the trial, Kathy plea-bargained plea her way to a reduced sentence, claiming that it was Gwen who planned and carried out the killings while she served as a lookout or distracted supervisors. Gwen maintained her triple G, maintained her innocence, testifying that the alleged murders were part of an elaborate mind game of Kathy, like she was the one who Whoa, first so wanted to be the killers. immediately just turned on each other. Yeah. So now we have the two ex-lovers pointing fingers at each other, saying, no, she was the mastermind. No, she was the mastermind. No, she did it. Well, yeah, I physically did it, but I did it because she told me to, and I was being manipulated. Ooh. So it was going, it was here, she said, she said, it was just chaos for the police. Yeah. Also, I think it's funny that they're playing the game where they're both they're, like, playing this whole, like, she did it. Well, she's worse than me. She's worse than me. When, like, they literally fucked each other next to the dead bodies of these old people. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. I'm like, y'all are both guilty yeah, as both fuck. I'm like, who cares ridiculous. who shoved the pillow over the person's face when y'all got so fucking that horny off of it. You fucked, fucked each other next to, next to dead bodies. Y'all are guilty. AF. Yeah. Now I think the, whoever does that should go to jail. The Alpine Manor nursing home staff was overwhelmed by the arrest. Former nurse aides like Deborah Kidder, Nancy Harris, Lisa Lynch, Don Mail, and Russell Thatcher realized all those sick jokes that the <sighs> uh, that Triple G and Kathy were telling them weren't jokes at all. Damn. And the souvenirs that they saw at Triple G and Kathy's apartments were real souvenirs. Yuck. So the whole time, like, it was right under their nose. They were even being told what was happening, and they all just thought it was a funny joke. Now, at the trial, four of those nurse aides would testify against Triple G for the prosecution, with Kathy um, emerging as the state's star witness. Damn. So talk about, like, a turn of events. Kathy's like, fuck you, Triple G. Kathy really played the whole victim role really well. She mm-hmm. really had the jury believing that she was being manipulated and controlled by tri- Triple G and that since she wasn't the one who physically killed the person, she should be let off the hook. She also tried to play the whole savior card by saying, well, Triple G confessed to me that she wanted to kill infants. She said in quotes, when she was killing people at Alpine, I didn't do anything. Um but when she would call me and say how she wanted to smash a baby, I had to, talk, I had to stop her Damn. somehow. I knew she was working at the hospital there. She said she wanted to take one of the babies and smash it up against the window. I had to do something. I didn't care about myself anymore. So she essentially is saying, like, yeah, I was part of these, like, other five murders. But, hey, like, I also saved a couple babies. Yeah, and she has so a good claim of, like, coming out and saying something to Yeah, like, I know this is going to hurt me. So she was just trying to, like, cancel out her evils with, like, saving some babies. Uh, but, like... It is noted here that she was kind of doing everything she could to manipulate yeah, the jury definitely. to get the pity card. Like, oh, yeah, you you did. Five old people died, but you saved some babies' lives. Cause, so is a baby's life worth more than an old person's life? A lot of people could argue it is, but still, it's life. Yeah. Anyways, Heather's, which was Triple G's new girlfriend, I mentioned her earlier. Yep. 
she testified against Triple G because apparently Triple G confessed to the five murders to Heather. So now you have the nurses, you have Ken, you have Kathy, you have Heather. Triple G is fucked. Fucked. So Bye November third, nineteen eighty nine. Triple G. Yeah, Triple G's Triple G titties are fucked. Yeah. Triple G was found guilty of five counts of murder and one count of conspiracy to commit murder. The first person she tried to kill that didn't work out, and the court gave her five life sentences. Yeah. She resides in the Huron Valley complex. Um, now Kathy was charged with one count of second degree murder and one count of conspiracy to commit second degree murder. She was sentenced to 20 years on each count and has been eligible for parole since March of 2005. Kathy is currently incarcerated in the Minimum Security Federal Correctional Institution in Florida. She is expected to be released on June 6, 2021. Whoa. So next year. Or two years from now. Literally, like, exactly two years from now. Yeah, shit. Boom. Damn, girl. So those are the lethal lovers. That's cool. So anyways, so Corey, interesting story. how's your sex life going? My sex life's good. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, bitch. Um, this past week, I met up with an old friend, uh, like my oldest, bestest friend. Yes. Um, she's like like the oldest friend that like we were both infants, basically. It's crazy we've never met. Rachel Jensen. Yeah, yeah it's crazy yeah. I've never or, met Rachel. Yeah, I can say her. Deal with it, Rachel. <laughs> we love you, Rachel. She's like, no. Nah! <laughs> she's like, ah! <laughs> She's fine. <laughs> um, so that was really fun. Uh, we talked about stuff. Um, as we do, as, as we, we do, do, as we do in life, talked about stuff. Um, <laughs> so we have a podcast to talk about stuff. Yeah. So she met um, seven and a half inch crop top. Seven and a half inch crop top. <laughs> yes, daddy. Yes, you daddy. Re- you heard that right. Yeah. Um, and then the next day, um, I met up with his friends and met his friends. Fun. Yeah. So it was really fun. Yay! Relationship steps. Yay. Um. And uh. Oh wait. Well. Yeah. We'll get to you. We'll get to bike prom. You can talk about bike prom. Okay. Um, because you mentioned that bike prom was interesting. I shattered my hand. <laughs> <laughs> interesting at best. Interesting. It was a fucking. It was show. such a nice day though, dude. We looked so pretty. I remember us being like, "Oh my god, why don't we just ride bikes all the time?" Because now like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then before we get to bike prom, um, also just uh, I've been reading some books, and so I I said I will actually I will actually release this uh, like on Instagram when Instagram works. I will release a picture of this just for like whatever, um, like just on Instagram somehow. Um, I made a pride reading list. Oh, fun! That I'm doing, and it's a mix of anything like from uh memoirs to like uh autobiographical books to um history books and just like basic fiction but all centered around like lgbt uh problems i love that mostly gay stuff because like for me i want to like do some exploring and like you know learn from reading the books that and so i would be i'm going to be reading uh, you know either gay books or queer history things i love it Corey. yeah we'll post so, that as soon as instagram's back up sorry as soon as instagram's back up yeah I'll, yeah I'll post the reading list so i'm i read will grayson will grayson it, it is by david levithan and john green it, it, they each wrote uh one of the will graysons it's about these two guys named will grayson that meet up it's pretty good i'm a little old for it i think mm. if you are in your early 20s or younger it's like perfect for you um it came out a while ago i think i don't forget when it came out exactly um but it's pretty good i liked it That's it, good. it was really sweet and nice um, it's just like a total like high school uh, drama. It felt like L- Love Simon, but a queer, a queerer Love Simon. Oh, so a, a so, better Love Simon. Yeah, a better Love Simon. <laughs> so fuck Love Simon. We, I still like 
the movie, but I also hate it. Don't get us started. Corey yeah. and I almost walked out of the theater. Yeah. But it's fine. That's actually the closest I've come to walking out of a theater. Yeah. The only time I've ever actually walked out of theater is during Avatar, the Blue People movie. <laughs> you walked out on that? Yes. Because, what the fuck? because the guy I was dating... This is a funny story, actually. Well, this is not a funny story because this has to deal with a lot of like horrible Me Too things. Oh, but shit. We, it was like in ninth grade when it came out. So as a freshman in high school, I was dating this guy. I'm not going to use his name. No. But his dad was one of the set designers Spencer for, Ava- for Avatar. So his dad was like heavily involved with the movie. I grew up in Southern California. This is like where I kind of grew up. People were involved with shit. So he took me to the movies. He's like, oh, my God, my dad worked on Avatar. Like, you got to come see it. Like, we're going to the premiere. It's going to be like, not the like the Hollywood premiere, but just like the premiere at like my local movie theater. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's a packed theater. <laughs> like, we showed up and we were like, I don't know, 20 minutes into the movie maybe. And this kid, I was 14, okay. He like. How old is he? Like 14 or 15 oh, as well. Okay. He put his arm around me, like the classic, like, yawn, uh-huh. and then he, like, shoved his hand <gasps> in my shirt, under the bra, on my boob. Like, into your boobs? Yeah, and was, was starting to, like, pinch my nipples and, like, touch me, and I kept on pushing his hand away, but he wouldn't stop. He kept on, like, shoving his hands down my shirt, and I was, like, starting to cry because I was so, like, embarrassed, and I was with my best friend, Chloe, at the time. I wonder if she remembers this. Chloe, let me know if you remember this. Oh, my this. God. And uh, I was, like, I, like, grabbed Chloe, and I, like, looked at Jeremy, and I was, like... <laughs> It's like your dad did a shitty job in the movie. <laughs> and I got up and <laughs> like, I left. Even though I know Avatar as apparently one of the best movies in the whole world, eh. I've never I've never seen it before because I eh. can't watch it. It's like too triggering Don't for watch me. It. It's but right. I just said that bitch comment to him because I was so angry. So I was like, "Your dad is a shit it's designer." A shit. Yeah. And I got up and I stormed out of the theater and I've never seen that movie since. Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck him. He's actually the one who sent out my nudes to the entire high school, too. Oh, yeah. Fuck that cunt. Yeah. I can write a whole, like, I can write, like, five Me Too posts about this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my walking out of the movie theater. What a loser. So other than that, I also almost walked out of Love, Simon with you. Yeah, right. Different, so different reasons. Corey did not, <laughs> like, sexually yeah, assault I, me. I'm there. on, like, a slow burn five-year, like, goal <laughs> to pinch Chana's tits. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, re- he's been taking it slow. I almost tried during the Love, Simon. <laughs> that was, like. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I don't get, again, I just don't get how people, like treat other people that way yeah it's disgusting okay yeah whatever (laughs) (laughs) then i get like a flash of me five years ago at a club just shoving my hand down (laughs) like someone's gonna come back and be like well uh, Corey martin one time did this to me you were like grinding up on him yeah like but when you're sitting in a movie theater and you're 14 years old any age but i was 14 i was a baby yeah you you were 14 i barely had my period at that point yeah did you even like super know him I mean, we were, he's my boyfriend, but like, kind of, you know, I was four, how much did I really know him? Yeah. Uh, But I was so nervous and he was one of the cool guys. So I thought like I had to kind of go through it and like that manipulation and the thought of like him being the cool guy. Yeah. Just because you're boyfriends and you're going to see a movie together doesn't mean you want your fucking areola pinch. Yeah. Like Jordan wouldn't do that to me right now. Like at all. Like we wouldn't be in movie theater and he's like, well, because Jordan's, you know, we live together. We love each other. He's like my life partner, but he still wouldn't even do that to me. Yeah. So fuck you that kid. Your dad's shit at set design. Yeah. Attention, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He probably doesn't even remember. (laughs) I bet you he doesn't even remember. And that's like the scary part. Yeah. Oh yeah. It probably like wasn't even like. Uh, phase yeah right yeah idiot (laughs) 
I just love when I was like, your dad's shit at set design. <laughs> you know, looking back now, as I'm talking about this, I wonder if his dad was really involved with the movie or if he was lying to me. He was me, just making up shit. Just trying to like impress me. Yeah. And I was like, fuck your dad. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> fuck you and fuck your dad. Yeah. Um. So yeah, another, I'll just go through the other two uh, books really quickly. So there's one called Less and it's called, it's a novel by Andrew Sean Greer. Um, it's pretty good. It's about a uh, 50-year-old dude or a guy who's 49 turning 50. He is a, a you know an older, not old, but an older gay man. Um, and it's just a reflection on life and how life is like a comedy and a drama and what we do with that mm. um, or how we want to look at life and how we want to take like our imperfections and like if we want to laugh at them or we want to... Oh, like, that's it, cool. It, it, it goes way deeper, but I don't need to really get into it. But that was just a really cool p- tidbit that I picked up that I liked at the end. That I one like of that. the other characters, very dear to the main character, who's named Arthur Less, um, just like sort of mentioned to him. Um, and it, it's really good. It's just a cool, like, good look, especially as me just being like halfway there to 50 to be like, oh, man, like, that'll be really interesting to like look back at my life as a gay male. Yeah. And just like, uh, you know, view. it was interesting to have an author who I think is about that age sort of basically the book is semi-autobiographical. Mm. Um, and while he was trying to write it, he was trying to write it like a intense drama, but then ended up turning it into a dramedy oh that's cool that's fun Um, so it's really good um next one is called velvet rage and this one is more nonfiction, or it is nonfiction. it is a i was talking to chan about it today um actually six seven and a half inch crop top i almost said six and a half inch sorry 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 seven and a half inch crop top um he mentioned it in a talk we or like a conversation we were having in the past week or two. And then I remembered, oh, I had talked to, oh, we were hiking. And the last time I actually heard about that book, I was hiking with Shane. Oh. And he talked about it. And I was like, yeah, I heard of it. And like somebody else had already told me about that book like a week before. Shane told me, you know, four or five years ago. And so I was like, hey, I should just like, you know, read that because, you know, it's a pretty big uh, book in the like zeitgeist of gaydom. So. Mm. I was like, yeah, I should probably read it. And it's actually really fucking good. Yay. I like write a quote down every three to f- five pages. Oh, that's awesome. fun. I love it. It's like super helping me out. Um, it's about just like, uh, man, it's about a lot. It's about, um, <laughs> try to sum up really quickly. The author is a psychiatrist um, and he's like 20 to 25 years into it. And he just basically, I don't even talk about it. Anyways, yeah, I, I could I would have to go on for another three <laughs> minutes, so I'm not okay. Well, just anyway, read it then, bitches. It's a good ass. It's a good ass book, and it's basically like a to sum it up horribly. It's a gay self help book. Oh, cool. To sum it up horribly. But just read it, just so yeah. you can learn more. That you're like a great uh like advertising marketer. Yeah. This is a marketing. I highly recommend this Velvet book Rage. if you're a gay man. Which, if you're listening to this podcast, yeah. you probably are. You probably are fucking gay, man. <laughs> Newsflash. <laughs> Everyone's a little gay. You may think you're straight. You may think you're a female. You're a gay man. Yeah, but like, you're <laughs> Corey's like, Chana, you're a gay man. I'm like, shit, guys. Simone, you're a gay man. Simone's She's like, like what? Simone's like, shit, man. You may think you're a cat. You're but actually you're actually a, a gay man. You may think you're anything, but you're actually a gay man. <laughs> you're actually a gay, gay-ass homo. <laughs> you're a gay-ass homo. Well, well, my sex life has been interesting this past week yeah i already told you guys i shattered my hand so that happened bike prom was really fun before that though true like we dressed up really day. cute Corey and i coordinated our outfits we we're both wearing like salmon and orange yeah. i had flower crowns we had flowers 
We yeah. rode our bikes to Salt Lake. We took the front runner. We actually got like pulled over by the front runner police oh on the way God. to Salt Lake. Fuck the police. And it was super gross. Like the guy was acting so gross towards me. Oh my God. Me. Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah. I, yeah. He's just, you know, they obviously were going to give us tickets, but like because I was wearing like a, not even a slutty outfit. Like go on our Instagram and you can see. Yeah. But just like a slightly revealing I mean, outfit. If the guy's Utah. Mormon, it probably was a slutty outfit. Yeah. But like a slightly revealing, like my skirt went to my ankles. Yeah. But I was wearing a crop top. But um, he was acting like so flirty and gross towards me, like the way yeah, he would look at me much. and speak towards, like speak at me, and just it was it was such a gross situation. Yeah. We did get out of the ticket though, nice, <laughs> but yes. it was still pretty gross. So thank you, Chana's boobs. So thank you, my boobs. I guess thanks. <laughs> Anyways, um, we got the bike prom. It was super fun. We drank some beers. It was a good time. Yeah. Shattered my hand. Had to have surgery. That's happening. I also have to have my wisdom teeth taken out. It's like a double whammy right now. Damn. $10,000 of the debt. But Yay. I'm I'm still happy. I'm still smiling, which is great because that's kind of who I am. I try to look at the bright side of things. Yeah. And it sucks. This <laughs> it reminded me of the life of Brian. So this Always is. Always look on the bright. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, other than that, this week has been has been pretty good, actually. I was on a bunch of painkillers for the first half of the week. So I don't actually remember Yay, most of it. Mark. I no, really like painkillers pain and yeah. I don't get along. We, yeah. I feel really nauseous. Uh-huh. However, like I was in so much pain, it was either take the painkillers and feel nauseous, or don't take the painkillers and feel the pain. So it's like well. pain or nausea, and I was like, I'll choose nausea. I'll just like sit by the toilet and want to like throw up with Simone, and Simone's like meow 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 whenever Aww. I do that. Simone Aww. was great. Jordan's been like wonderful. We had like crazy awesome ball slappy sex earlier today. Actually, ball slappy hand elevated yeah hand elevated so we've had sex so i as i said the first half of the week i've been like out cold but finally when i came to we banged but I, my hand's in a cast right now it's like a half of my arm you mean that cast. sound like you were like out for uh, like five days and then you like open your eyes to just door standing so, over so it's like you, it's just like, cock just at my hand, like at my face i like wake up from jordan like hitting my face he's with like, his dick <gasps> and he's like time to wake up bitch <laughs> Yeah, that's the 100. Jordan's like, what in the other room? <laughs> he Jordan's did not like, do that. He didn't do that. He's wonderful. But uh, when we had sex the first time <laughs> since having my injury, like I'm, you know, I love like scratching back, like scratching up and down the back, pulling mm-hmm. hair, shit like that. But mm-hmm. I can't do that anymore. And I also love being on top, but it hurts too bad because I also like really bruised and cut my knees and legs and elbows. I'm like, my whole body's fucked up. So I can't be on top either. Um, but I love also being on like on the bottom. But I also just love being. Just like, love sex. I just love sex. But I love being on top because I love like okay whatever. Anyway, so he was on top though. But I had to like zombie my hand in the air while we had sex the whole time because I couldn't put my hand anywhere because I have a full fucking cast on my arm. Yeah, and you have to have it elevated. Yeah, I have to yeah. have it elevated. So sex has been interesting to say the least. And then today we had awesome. Uh, sex but again my hand had to be like up in the air <laughs> waving its thing other cool thing that happened earlier today actually is i went i've talked about hiram and his art and davis and his photography before yes. on the podcast a few times they yes. had an art show here in provo and i went there to support them because they're amazing i bought some some prints and some totes and pins all that good stuff 
But also, when I was there, I met one of our podcast homies. Legit. Her name is Savannah. I've given her a shout out before. She and I are very, very similar. She loves our podcast. Cute. But um, she was like looking at me from across the room and I saw her and I was like, oh my God, is that Savannah? Like, but I don't want to go up to someone and be like, do you listen to my podcast? And seem like a total like pretentious asshole. So I didn't want to go up to her and just assume that she was the Savannah that yeah, I was yeah. thinking that likes our podcast because I'm not going to be that big of a dick. But then Davis came up to me. He's like, this is Savannah. Like, she loves Aww, your podcast. Cute. And I was like, oh, my God, it's you. And we, like, hugged. She was like, I love you and Corey. And I was like, we love you. Aww, I want to go get coffee with her. It was just so fun. It was the first time talking to someone outside of our immediate friend group that likes her podcast. True, true, yeah. So I was like, whoa, people out there exist. <laughs> hey, guys. Crazy. <laughs> But other than that, this week has just been just been broken handing it. Drugs and broken hand. And yeah, it's been good. S'mores and Simone are getting along okay. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice. So next week's episode I is post surgery, so we'll see how, how that goes for me. <laughs> but hopefully it'll be good. It's episode thirty three. It has to be a good one. Oh yeah, it will so, be. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do it on some fun gay serial killer yeah and just as a reminder, y'all, again, I did realize as I was making that a podcast on my end that basically my spooky story or my supernatural story was just as long as my uh, faggot fact. But I did say that on the first, on the first or the last episode, sorry, the first episode that had to deal with pride specifically. I'm not raising my um, hand. So like I will be uh, next. I mean, last w- week's was actually not like last week's was a super long episode overall. Yes. Um, but in the, like for the next episode and then the episode after that, my supernatural segment might be just as long or, or will or like my faggot fact might be just as long as my supernatural segment. So sorry, it, but like also not sorry because fucking pride. Gay history is important. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see. So yeah, we'll see you guys next week. I guess our question to you guys, though, I hope is uh, anyways, you guys have broken hands. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> it's how's your sex. Um, okay. <laughs> what the fuck was that? I don't that's not supposed to happen. Ah, I'm so scared. I, ooh. <sighs> what was that? My my computer's never done that. I literally I I'm like half expecting that's, a demon head behind you. I, we didn't even shut talk up. about anything. I thought scary. about that. Shut up, Chana. If it's there, just don't tell me, let me die. It's not there, I promise. <laughs> just let I'm me scared. die. <laughs> Just what? Let me die. <laughs> Please. Hey, it's like your sex life. Mother's <laughs> sex life. Oh, God. Bye. <laughs>